Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in September of 2021. And welcome to episode 52, learning about games and activities in the classroom. When we did episode 46 back in May of 2021, we did talk about the importance of games in the classroom. That was our game on episode. Correct. Right. And I think because it was at the end of the year, you know, that was good information, but I I think we wanted to bring it back for a few reasons, and one of the most important being we're starting a new school year, and we want to set good routines. Absolutely. Well, we have some shout-outs to give to today. We, we have several. We do. You go ahead and start. Okay. I have all five of them come from Twitter. We were tagged over the summer during our book club, yes. during during uh, this, this summer break that we had. I'm going to start with short, yeah. very short break we had. Seriously. I'm going to start with Laura S. And she says, glad to find this Building Thinking Classroom summary, a great resource to have to share with admins, staff, and parents. Thank you at Peter, at us. And that summary was the same one that we talked about in the previous episode. Yep. I'll link it again. Yes. It's a great one. Again, it it it. is just like Laura said, it is a great one to share with parents, teachers, other teachers that push into your class. Mm. It's a great little summary of the 14 practices. Yes. Our next shout out goes to our friend Susan, who said, my grade six math students told me today that they like math and want me to do more problems like what we've been doing, non-curricular so far, that totally made my day. Aww. Susan, yay! Made my day listen, hearing that too. That's right, reading awesome. that. And our next one is Ryan. He says, I hope we can keep in touch this coming year. I, th- I think there's a lot I can lean in on from your collective advice. And listen, yes. this, this little community that we've created, our book club community, has been just so supportive and such a great resource. Yes. Our next shout out goes to Mary Ella, and she said, best PD of the summer. Yay! What? I mean, I felt like that too. <laughs> Me too. I really did, but it was it's nice to hear that other people thought the same. Yep. I want you to share the, the last one because uh, it's all about books, <laughs> and it's all about books that you have shared. So go ahead, Laura. Okay. It's our friend Jeff. He says, Thanks again. These were at my door before I even woke up this morning. Amazing and unsettling how quickly they arrived. And so they were three books that we had talked about. Hands Down, Speak Out, Mathematical Mindsets, and The Coaching Habit. And Jeff, honestly, as of this recording, I haven't started The Coaching Habit. So remember, when you do, let me know so I can catch up with you. (laughs) And yay, the Mathematical Mindset book, he's already got. So hopefully we'll see you, Jeff, on October 5th when we start our next book club. All right, our reflection this week. One thing that I think is really important to remember as we start this school year and we try different things and we've got all these goals and expectations. All the things we planned All the the things we planned to try. 
Um, please remember, and I'm trying to remind myself this, and I know, Laura, you're trying to remind yourself this, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, Mm -hmm. and we still need to give ourselves grace and and time Mm -hmm. and patience Mm-hmm. And all all of that understanding that goes around living through and keeping safe in this pandemic. Yes. Because we had so many plans, right? Yeah. And those did not really... They haven't happened yet. Right. I'm still hopeful that they will this year. Right. And we, I get a little bit more flexibility to, to do the things I want. But as of right now, I'm just doing the best I can. And yes. that has to be okay. Has to be okay. It has to be okay. And I, I do feel like this year I've I've started a little bit better. I've been a, a lot more positive. I think it's because I, I don't have to sit at my desk right. all day. I'm actually out of my chair and I'm getting like 10,000 steps in again, you know. What? Oh, yeah, because I'm walking around. <laughs> you know, last year I was doing like half of that because I was sitting down the whole day. I know. I so know. It, it's all of that, but but... It has been a much better year so far, but there's still, it's still not normal. No. You know, what we remember normal to be. It's still not the class that I want it want, to be. Right. But, but for right now, it's good. It's, okay. It's the best I can do. Okay. Well, I have some good news. Yes. About two weeks ago, I spent, you're not going to believe this, two hours, wait, voluntarily oh my god in a kindergarten classroom oh my goodness <laughs> props to me Woo-hoo! Oh. so they were learning about the numbers one two three and four they god bless their baby hearts they don't know even know how to hold a pencil because so many of them if they did go yeah. to pre-k it, it was, was virtual. In, right. Or it was virtual. So they weren't even taught how to hold a pencil yeah. correctly. Oh. And forget trying to make the numbers. I mean, I, I started with the... Handwriting without tears. Song to If You're Happy and You Know It. And I did it with the let with the word letters. And I then I applied it to numbers. So if you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. You know that, that song? No, I don't. You don't know if you're happy and you know it? No, 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 I know oh, that. Okay. I don't so know this is, how you bring it into... So it was, where do you start your letters at the top? Oh. Where do you start your letters at the top? If you want to start a letter, then you better, better, better remember to start them at the top. So then I kind of... Ch- it doesn't rhyme as well <laughs> with numbers. Right. But to get them to do the two, starting oh, below boy. the line and curve up. And so we did them in the air with our arms. And then we did them trying to hold our pencil correct. And, you know, I'm trying to... The teacher and I were trying to walk around watching them because that's yeah. the most important part. Yes. I don't care what it looks like on paper. I need to know that you formed it yes. correctly. And right. the number four, it was little line down, little line across, jump your pencil back up to the top, big line down. Oh, because so boy. many of them wanted to just go across and then up down. Oh, on the- God. Kindergarten. Yes. <laughs> Why I'm bless you, kindergarten kindergarten teachers and pre-K and goodness all the way down through daycare. I mean, bless you, bless you, bless you. Even first grade teachers. But I'm telling you, I like give all props to the kindergarten teachers at my school. Yeah, that's stressing me out just hearing about it. (laughs) Goodness gracious! But it was fun. Oh, you know. Okay, I don't know. I I don't know if I would enjoy it. They're cute, but good. Good, 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 goodness. I can't. I don't even have words. 
I've been in in up intermediate too long, I think. Right? Oh boy. Yeah, it it's a whole different word. It is literally hurting cats. I have to tell you that in the cafeteria on the 15th day of school, they lined up correctly. So when they the teachers came in, I was like, "Guess what?" It only took 15 days. Listen, I'm still struggling with having fifth graders line up correctly, okay? So that's that's a common thread from kindergarten all the way up. But it was it was good. That's it good. was really good. That's that was good. that was good news. Ooh, that's yes. a, yeah, that's a lot. All right, let's jump into today's topic about games and activities in the classroom. Our very first question, we we had this conversation before we started recording mm-hmm. and the very first question that we have is, what is the difference between an activity and a game? We were struggling with that. Yeah, we really went back and forth with this. And I think what we kind of came up with. And settled on. And settled on was that, first of all, it depends on how it's presented. Right. Teacher presentation of a task, an activity, or a game is crucial. Crucial. Right? And the way that you frame it will steer it towards more game-like or activity-like. Right. And then the second thing, really the distinction between the two, I think, is we said that a game has a winner. Right. (laughs) As opposed to an activity doesn't. Right. It's just... Let's do it. Let's solve it. Right? Yeah. So I, I think so. Because an activity you can work together, a game you can work together. Right. An, an activity, activity could can, have a game board. Yes. <laughs> uh, you could do an activity on your own. You could do a game on your own. Right. And I was even saying that like, if you take a, a Venn diagram and those overlapping circles that would be the huge part. Yeah. And just the thin parts on the outside, I think, would be game and activity on their own. Right. And with games, we know that there's a lot of strategy with games, choice right. around where, what I'm going to do or where I'm going to play or how, you know, there right. might be that. But there might also be that in an activity. Very true. Same with low floor and high ceiling. Like we yes. want everyone to be able to have an entry point into yeah. the game or activity. Yeah. But bring it up to whatever level they can get to. Yeah. And is it easy to modify and have a variation? Correct. Same. It, that's all what differentiation is. Yes. So I kind of think like games and activities are self-differentiating. Like those are the easiest things to differentiate. Absolutely. So we're, we're saying games, you know, you have like a card or a dice or a token, a game piece, something like that. Is that a distinguisher between a game and activity? I don't think so because I think an activity, you could also have those things. You could. All right, y'all need to help us out with this because... (laughs) We don't know. And and maybe it doesn't really matter, you know. Does I think, it? I, I don't know. I, I don't know either. I think giving the kids choice of where to go and strategies, like, you know, and I don't mean uh, a strategy that we teach, like, you know, partial quotients or make a 10 or something like that. I mean using their choice to build upon their strategy to, quote, win the game. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah. So I have some questions for you. Okay. Why are teachers so reluctant to have students play games or do activities in their math class? Oh boy. I, I oh I think that's a complicated question because there might there's different parts to it. Lots of layers, right? Yeah. I think first there might be, and I don't know if this is true completely, but I think there might be a misconception that if you're playing a game, you're not learning. 
Oh, because God forbid you have fun when you learn. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I think maybe that's that's part of it. Okay. I think. I, I, I know this next one, you know, part two of that, is that there might be some fear with what happens when my administrator comes in and sees us playing a game that they're maybe not learning. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the perception because of playing Because it's not a games, worksheet. Because it's not what math typically looks like. You mean, again, going back to 20th century and 19th century teaching? Yeah. Yes, it goes against the norm, right? Or the traditional classroom. So maybe it's time to jump into the 21st century totally. of teaching. Totally. I mean, it's only, we're only in the 21st year of yeah. the 21st century. Yeah. I also think it has to do with the teacher losing control. Yes. Right? And letting go of the... Control. You're right. Yeah. The reins. Thank you. And you were even saying last week about the noise factor in your room. Yes. Yes. When kids play games, they They get loud. loud. (laughs) They're engaged. They're excited. And so that can be... Intimidating? Maybe. Or people are scared? Teachers are scared because... But don't we want the kids to be the ones doing the talking? Oh, absolutely. So maybe it's the admin we need to change maybe. their ideas of what a math classroom should look like. Yeah, and sound like. And sound like. Okay, okay. And I think maybe the the last one is, the uh, of course, going back to a test. Okay. That this doesn't prepare them for a test. Okay, so let's hover on that for a second because I don't think it looks like the format of a test question. Like we know we have gridded response, we have multi-select, we have multiple choice, we have tables. What am I missing? I feel like there's another um, test. Oh, there's like a fill in the blank one. Yeah, like the editing task. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the, the game doesn't look like that. Right. But isn't it all practicing the skill in a fun way? Isn't that what we want them to do? Yeah, and honestly, I think that they do even more math in a game than they do on a worksheet. Absolutely. Could you share yes. your story that you shared with me yeah. about the spinner? We played a game in our math class, and it was very simple. And again, mm-hmm. that's I think that's part of... right. The attraction to games is is that they don't have to be super complicated. You don't need a board game. You don't need tokens. You don't need, you really just need. So what were your materials for this game? A spinner. That was it. A spinner. And like a whiteboard so that they could write down their thinking. So or they could a have notebook done it, or something. Right, on paper or whatever. So when you say a spinner, like a spinner and you put the paper clip with the pencil. So the that... directions, yes. The okay. directions came with a spinner like that. Mm-hmm. And I can share that link to to the game directions and and the spinner. However, what I did was I used an online spinner. Mm-hmm. And this one was great because I could preload the numbers and share that same link and the kids didn't have to put the numbers in there. It was already done. Okay. But what's awesome about it is that they can actually edit the numbers also. They can add more numbers to it. Okay. Or they can tweak the numbers that are there and kind of differentiate it on their own. Nice. You know? And and then the game continues and evolves and and it doesn't get, like, stagnant. So what were the directions for this game? 
For this one, it was a decimal subtraction. Everyone starts at 100, so players start at 100 and spin the spinner, and let's say they get 17 and 6 tenths. The spinner stops on 17 and 6 tenths. They subtract it from 100, okay. and it's the first one to reach zero. So or they get, keep subtracting, subtracting, They keep subtracting. subtracting First one to reach zero or, you know, past zero, obviously, wins. So did you play the game that we, way? <laughs> we actually, I flipped it for them because I wanted them to get to know it and play around with it a little uh-huh. bit. We actually started at, we did the opposite. We started at zero and added and first one to 100 and then, or past 100. Right. And then it was funny because a lot of them, some of them did make it through like round one. Depends on what numbers they they Right, spin. because so they're, they're just spinning two numbers at first they add them together so the first one was just one number so they just started just with like one spin one okay yeah you could have done it two and then added those two and then they just take the sum and then they spin it again and add that yes so So if they've landed on 20 or 22 you know there were obviously there were tenths and hundreds associated with that as well but if they land on those a few times then they could make it in four or five spins right and so some of them didn't get a chance to subtract, and they were so disappointed. <laughs> At the end, they were like, no, our time is done. We didn't even get to subtract. And, I mean, the fact that they were bummed that they didn't get to subtract. Wow. I, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. Or hand them a worksheet with 30 addition Ugh. decimal problems and then 30 uh, subtraction decimal problems. Ugh. And, and they would not be like, oh, we didn't get to subtract. They'd be like, thank God we didn't get to the right? back page. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, it, wow. was, it was a great, a great game to play. And one that I can see using for fractions, for multiplication, for right? division. You know, like it just, it has so many different elements to it or tweaks and variations that I could use this for and even for the littles you could use it to make a 10 or model what it looks you know like there's just so it's never ending and what about middle and high school i mean it's a spinner variables you could put right where they have to malt i don't i mean i don't even know but i'm sure that there's lots that they can do with it right yeah i mean whatever skill you want them to practice yeah you just Turn it into a game. And this spinner was really great. I, I'll share the the link, the website oh, good. for this this spinner. It was fantastic because you can keep editing. I don't even know how many rows there were there for how many sections Cells, right. of, this, of the spinner you could do. But I, I don't even think I went through half of them. Did you push this into their Google Classroom? Yes. So I'm wondering now is you could differentiate it before the kids even see it. And, you know, if you have ones that should only do whole numbers or yes. only do tenths or only do hundredths or boot them into the I thousands. I could totally assign it to those kids. And they wouldn't even know. No, they would have no idea. Wow. It it really, I'm so excited that that they got excited and then I found this, this spinner because the honestly, the possibilities are endless. I love it. Mm-hmm. I hope somebody tries it out in our podcast universe yes and lets us know yes. what happens 
And I think the key here too is to just remember that the games don't have to be complicated. You don't have to print them out on cardstock. Right. You don't have to laminate. laminate them. You don't have to, you know, you don't. Well, I'm laughing now because probably the middle and high school teachers are like, what's lamination, <laughs> right? <laughs> such an Why elementary would you thing. laminate them? Yeah. Um, because little hands are sticky Ugh. and dirty. You know what, though? Some are big hands sometimes. Just saying. You're right. You're right. But I just use a sheet protector. I just print that out. I live on sheet protectors. I mean, nice. there's. I just so your game board go in or the activities go into sheet yep, protectors and, and you I don't just, even have to put it on cardstock you can just put no, it on regular on paper, paper. Mm-hmm. it saves a lot a lot right if, if you do it that way but really the the best games are simple right yeah you don't need a lot of materials a dice mm-hmm. cards a spinner mm-hmm. and, and and that they can be varied and all of those are online too. All those virtual manipulatives are available yeah, too. Yeah, dice are virtual. You can you can roll a dice. Even uh, I think on Google, if you just type in like roll a dice, then right, the, the, it pops up. Yeah, there's a dice. That oh pops my up. gosh, I have one more question for you. Do yeah. you consider open middle tasks to be games? Oh, I I think again it's how it's presented, right? Because right, because if say, I say who can find the most solutions, right. Then it turns into a game. Yeah. Right? Where, like, when I've done it with even the little kids to start out and model and do it with them, you know, I'll say, not always, but sometimes I'll say, oh, so and so's class got, you know, 10 solutions yeah. so far. And I keep it open like that. Like, yeah. there's still more, you know, or right. let's see if we can beat them or, yeah. Do you have a favorite game that you like to play? Hmm. That's a good question. I think it depends on the grade level, mm-hmm. for sure. One game I, I do try to bring in a lot is probably Yahtzee, which is already done. But with the littles, you can do the top half of the game. That way it's just, you know, you need three or four or five of the same thing. Mm, I don't know. I There are so many great games. At the beginning of the summer, I actually applied for a $5,000 grant yeah. to get a whole bunch of the Building Fact Fluency kits. Yeah. And I just found out that one of my friends got the grant a few days ago. And I was like, what email address did it come Aww. from? And and I, so I didn't get the grant. I'm totally, totally bummed because there are so many great games in there. Yeah. But I will say that Jenny Bay Williams wrote some books with some co-authors. They're just starting to come out where the anchor book, Figuring Out Fluency, these are the companions to that book. And it looks like there's tons of games in there already. So I know two have already come out for whole numbers, addition and subtraction for whole numbers, and then multiplication and division for whole numbers. I'm waiting for the decimal and fraction ones to come out for both of those. And I'm sure they're going to have even more companion books. But if it's already done for you, yeah, uh, open them up, copy them. You're yes, good to go. Done. You know. I wonder what kind of games everyone likes to play. I mean, math games. I know I said Yahtzee, but it is math. But that's a commercial game, right? But in their own classroom, I wonder if there's a certain game that people gravitate toward. I, I did introduce on Mathagon the multiplication by heart. I did get a whole bunch of those games. I pre-ordered them on Kickstarter and I just got them recently. But I shared that link with the third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers because what have I seen? I've seen flashcards. 
uh, or math minutes, ma- or math minutes. I've uh. seen math or multiplication in seven days. You know, I've I've seen definitely the the math minutes and everything. So trying to give teachers opportunities for them to learn that there are other ways, better ways than inducing math anxiety right. for our kids. So the Mathagon site, I'll put a link in the show notes too. Awesome. Because it's just giving the kids a visual for the math quote flashcard. Yeah. But it's not timed. Right. And it only limit it limits them to a certain amount of problems a day. I want to say either 15 or 25. I can't remember. And it won't let them go on until the next day. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. And the kids seem to be enjoying it. I keep popping into classrooms. And if I see a kid playing it, I'll say, you know, oh, what? I did just think of another one. Greg Tang's site, Numtanga, Numtanga. I'm not sure how to say it. I've played the junior one with the littles last year. And I just introduced that to the current third graders because they didn't get a chance I don't think last year to play with it and that's just really matching different sets of numbers so they might have like four fingers up on one side and then four dice you know the dot dice on the other side or the number four and they have to do matches and then it's seven levels and the kids just think that's awesome right you know (laughs) right well and then on the same token as the mathagon are Berkeley Everett's math flips. Yes. Because then and I've that's shared that helping with the, with, too. with the fluency piece of it. And then puzzles also. Oh. Obviously, we have to throw in Ken Ken, Ken, Ken. In, in there. <laughs> One of my favorites to do yes. with the kids. I haven't done that yet, yet in the class, but that's coming. Awesome. Our challenge for you this week is to share a game with us that you play or that your students play in the classroom and just Tell us how easy it is so that other people can see that it's just a simple thing that's going to help kids practice the skill. Yeah, share your pictures, share your games, share your thoughts, and don't forget to tag us on Twitter. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.